Hi, I'm Eric, and this is the Unapologetically Joy Podcast. It's time to embrace your essence and live your truth without regrets. Join us as we break free from societal constraints, soaring towards our authentic and empowered selves. With Joy as your guide, we'll dive deep into understanding what it means to be human, clearing away misconceptions, and discovering your true authentic self. Tune in to liberate your voice, discover your purpose, and become unapologetically you. Welcome, Eric, to the podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here, Joy. Yes, thank you so much for coming. And one of our friends connected us, and I was really happy about it. But before we dive into this conversation, I would like to introduce you to my listeners. This is Eric Robinson. He's a coach, a trainer, and a therapist. And uh, for over 25 years, he helped many people to reconnect with their inner power. Um, so thanks again for coming. And um, I would like to begin with the question, um, what inspired you to help this many people? That's a really great question. And, and once again, thanks for being here. Really happy about that. So much we got to talk about, so much to share. So I'm really exciting, excited, mm-hmm. you know, all these different paths and thoughts and feelings I want to share with you. I guess mm-hmm. it's, uh, you, you know, I, I'm kind of a modern day shaman, you know, and I was born that way. I was that way as a kid. Um, nobody saw that. I didn't get that. I went through a very tumultuous uh, life. And finally, through the grace of the universe or the grace of God, if you want, or the angels, all these things came together. And I started, you know, doing all these different paths with all these spiritual teachers. And then slowly, you know, you you have to peel off all the layers of the onion of you Mm -hmm. before you can even, you know, hope to help somebody because I'm not really helping anyone. You know, people are helping themselves ultimately. Mm-hmm. And did you also have one big, great awakening or did it happen gradually for you? Wow, really great questions. <laughs> uh, I'd say it was gradually. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, there were some big major life events where, where, you know, I took a big different turn and went down different paths, but it was gradual. Yeah, very. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you worked in New York. And that's like a, a different world. Yes, it was. Um, and you also make that switch from more like the corporate world to the more spiritual world. Mm. Um, so how did you make that switch? You know, astrologically, something mm-hmm. happens when you're 27. So with me, that was like a, a breaking point. And usually around 27, 28, you have this big, big life change, you know. People meet okay. their new partner, you know, they get pregnant, they do the job. They oh, find- I'm 27 now. <laughs> you are. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I mean, hmm. Yeah. We can talk mm-hmm. about that sometime if you like. Mm-hmm. So um, I wanted to go to university. You know, I had great grades from school. I was a real academic character. And then I walked into the university and I was like, nah, this is not for me. And I'm a real rebel at heart, you know, so I find studying is great, but it's very bourgeois. And, you know, you really roll into the system if you want in a certain way. And there's a lot of programming, Mm -hmm. you know, at universities, you don't learn to think. You learn to think the way people want you to think. So I didn't want that. So I worked in the in the garment trade with a, a friend of mine and we made millions and millions. And it was sex, drugs and rock and roll. And. 
it sounds great, but it's horrible. You know, I mean, it's all the, the, the bling in New York, but it's not really what, what made me happy. And then I met uh, a, a big, very important manager in the, in the movie world. And he went to sign me, you know, he was representing Eric Roberts, Julia Roberts, Dan Keaton, all these people. So I was like, wow, great, you know, an actor. And I was very insecure and I was very, you know, I had no self-confidence. I was like, you know, me acting, you know, I just didn't get it. And um, uh, so, so there's a funny anecdote from that time. I'm sitting there with my manager and the acting teacher. And I'm like, what kind of roles am I going to play? And and they were laughing and laughing and laughing. And and I had long, thick hair back then. I mean, this is a long time ago, right? Yeah. And um, uh, and they said they will write roles for you. And I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. So then I really realized what a you know you become a product. You know, it's a real program that they they basically uh, set into motion. And whether you can act or not doesn't really matter. You know, it helps if you can, but. You know, it's acting is something you can learn, but it's it's really uh, a format you glide into. So anyway, um, my mom and sister were in Holland. They invited me for Christmas. I was married to an American model. She left me. Very painful, great experience. And uh, she was like, you know, the love of my life then. So I was back in Holland and I thought, hmm, I think I'm here to help people. I'm, I really want to leave the suffering of the world, you know. And I don't think this Hollywood career is it for me. And that's it. Never went back. Mm -hmm. Okay. But how did you feel back then? Because it must be so hard to uh, leave this New York mm -hmm. life. You, mm -hmm. you leave your girlfriend. You leave uh, your whole life there. How was that for you? Oh, that's, that's a beautiful question. It, mm -hmm. it was the most painful period of my life. Mm -hmm. I went through absolute hell. And uh, very, very good learning experience, you know. It's really mm -hmm. good because, you you know, you grow from pain. That's that's just the way it works. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I was working in a bar, you know, paying off my debts. And, you know, I saw these people I used to go on audition with. You know, I saw Julia, who was just like, you know, the girl next door. I mean, Julia was unknown at that point. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I'd see her in all these movies and I'd see Tom Cruise. And I was like, shit, that could be me, poor me. You know, so I went to all this whole pity party. And, uh, yeah, it was a tough period. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. And then you went back to the Netherlands. Yeah. And uh, what did you do then? I met these Dutch spiritual teachers. Mm. And they had a, a healthcare center, holistic healthcare center. And I was like, wow, I really want to learn what you guys are doing. You know, this is it. You know, I really felt like I'd, I'd walked into a Harry Potter movie. So I was like, I want to be your, I want to be your student. They're like, sure, fine. Um, we're not going to pay you. You can do all the horrible chores and we'll teach you. So, mm -hmm. you know, in Dutch we say like, or in English you say you're the sorcerer's apprentice. So I was like the sorcerer's apprentice for uh, three years. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. uh. You know, when you work with spiritual teachers, all they do is they just hold up a mirror, right? So you're just looking in the mirror all day long. So that's mm -hmm. that's really good. That's uh, <laughs> very yeah. tough, very good. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, sometimes it can be really confronting, and mm -hmm. they always ask the good questions, and uh, then you you gotta be aware of everything that you're doing. Absolutely. And, um, in the end, you are always the problem, and that's uh, really confronting sometimes. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we're so 
so great you say that, you know, we're so trained to fix everything there, whereas everything is here. You know, I am the world. I mean, if you ask me, who are you? I'm like, well, I'm you, you know, there's, there's no difference. We're just one, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you have good teachers, all they do is they mirror that, you know, they mirror the beauty of you, but everything you're not. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, in this, this center, you really worked on yourself mm. and, um, did you also immediately thought like, okay, I want to do this also for other people? Wow. That's really a good question. I mean, this is, this is like 25 years ago. So I got to do a little blast to the past. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, like little children, they say, uh, let me do it, you know, in Dutch. So mm -hmm. I was I was like, I want to do that too, you know. And so after three years, I was like, I'm out of here. This sucks. I'm not making any money. I've learned what I want to learn. I'm grateful. Thank you so much. I want to move on. And then I met two spiritual mediums. And the first one was like, uh, I see you reading. That's all she kept saying. I see you reading. And I was like, you know, what does that mean? Then I met a second medium, and she was a lot clearer. She was really good. She was a doctor and a spiritual medium. And she's like, you've got to go to university right now and study. And I wanted to do all these. I had all these exciting business plans. You know, again, I was still greedy. You know, I want to make money and, you know, make, make it, make the millions, do that whole scene. And she was like, no, no, no. These are her words. She said, you have a lot of intellect. You've got to develop it. You know, you've got to study. And that's a very important one, you know, because in the spiritual path, you know, there are all these viewpoints and, and sometimes there's, you know, skepticism or, or not an affinity towards academics. And you don't have to study, but it can be really good to develop your intuition and your feeling and your intellect, you know, merge them together because they all have value. Mm -hmm. And at this point, to answer your question, um, I really love children. And I thought, okay, I really want to work with children. You know, so that was partly compensating for my very dysfunctional childhood at that time. But it's also children are great. Children and animals, you know, they're so pure. They're just heart to heart. You know, there's no mind or intellect and they're they're just great. So then I went to study mm. psychology and educational psychology at the University of Amsterdam. Mm. Okay. Yeah. You did, you did a lot. Yeah, I did. I've been busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and the thing is there, uh, and interrupt me if you if you want, but... Mm -hmm. um, the thing is there that every year I thought, okay, now I'm going to really learn something. I didn't get the feeling I was learning anything, you know, and I was very, uh, um, I had great fear of failure, you know, so I was really perfectionist. So I was getting all these high grades and I was studying with cum laude and with honors. And I was like, when am I going to learn something? So then I thought, okay, I'll go and become a professor. Maybe I'll learn something then, right? But at the end of the uh, master degree, I was so fed up with the academic world. Because with all due respect, they're very much fear-based, you know, other than the cutting-edge academics. Um, and they're very stuck in their 3D minds, you know. So that mm. was very limiting. So I was like, I'm out of here. I'm going to work. Yeah. Wow, amazing. And, yeah, like you said, I totally agree. Because one thing that I don't get from the medical industry is that we don't work with energy. And we are 99.99% energy. And... Yeah. We only work on the body. And yeah, it, it's so crazy, right? If you think it's, about it. It's totally crazy. It's beautiful the way you describe it mm. because basically you're talking about this paradigm shift that should be happening. And in, in many other cultures, they were aware of that. You know, they only worked from energy principles. But it's the same, you know, then we're getting into the whole different context, maybe at some other point or later on, where 
you know, collectively we're there too. You know, there's free energy. You, you and I don't have to pay an electricity or gas bill. You can you can power your house for a few 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 euros in whole in all year. You know, and you have heat and light and everything. You know, and it's the same with healing. You know, yeah. Mm -hmm. And do you think everybody has the ability to heal themselves? That's a really interesting one. <laughs> That's such a great question. Yes, ultimately yes, but it's very complicated because. There is genetics, there's your conditioning. Um, there's such a thing as karma, I believe. It seems that if past lives exist, that sometimes in this life we work out stuff and diseases and illnesses can be a way of working that out. You know, I also work in the social healthcare services with mentally and physically impaired people. And sometimes these people are so pure and so beautiful and so wise. You know, and, and officially, you know, we call them handicapped or, you know, you know, impaired people. Uh, and they're they're also just mirrors of us. You know, they're just wearing their pain or wearing, you know, their suffering more visibly, if you want. Um, but to get back to can can anyone heal? I suppose there's such a thing as grace as well. And then there's the other thing of which you probably know, which is um, in Dutch, we say ziektewinst. So the. The, the benefit of being sick, you know, what's it, what's it giving me, you know, what's my disease or illness giving me support, attention, money, holding me back, you know, it's, it's, it's benefiting me in some way. So they're all, it's a really complex cocktail and you kind of have to shake that whole cocktail and, and find out the, what the ingredients are and then kind of pull all the ingredients out, separate everything and healing can happen in an instant. Or it can take a lifetime. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, depends. I also see it as a sign sometimes. You know, when I have a pain, then I think, okay, that has to do with something. And uh, I also had Roy Martina on the podcast, and he's also really good at it. Like, okay, if you have um, something with your gallbladder and you have a headache, then you have something with you're frustrated about something, you know? So everything That's is related. So what are your thoughts about that? Like your... I totally agree. I mean, Roy is brilliant. You know, he's really perfected that. And um, it's true. That's one, mm -hmm. that's one part of it, for sure. Yeah. Um, in Tibetan, you know, medicine, and, 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 you know, they feel that everything is, is starts in the mind. You know, that's where everything begins. So like you say, and then, you know, the, the other angle is the emotion, of course. Um, But it's complicated. You know, it's it's my experiences. You can never say, oh, okay, you have this, so you're doing that, or this is happening, or, you know, it's a very, very multifaceted aspect. You can't mm -hmm. just say, well, you know, that's what the traditional industry says, right? Okay, here's a pill, take the pill, get better, you know, or suppress it, yeah. Yeah, suppress it, yeah. But also, if you think about it, depression, depress. Mm. You know, you do yes. pressing emotions. So yeah. it's like, it's already in the words. Like, yeah. it's so weird. <laughs> yeah, that is great. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, it's like, I always say, you say, you know, depression is anger without the enthusiasm, you know? Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's know? also it's a good just, one. Yeah. So if you're depressed, mm. you know, you got to go one up and you got to get to the anger and mm. to whatever you're suppressing. And then slowly you can move up, you know, start to feel good. But it's complex. I was, I was depressed for years. I mean... I had a crazy childhood and, uh, you know, it turned inwards. Yeah, that's often what happens to you. You know, you either act out 
or you you internalize you know or sometimes you do a bit of both and but what did you what did you experience when you were a child if you don't want to share it this no, okay, no no it's totally yeah. fine it's, uh, <laughs> it's all good it's all good mm. um basically what what i saw is what no child should see so so my parents god bless them were were uh, not not very w well matched. So I wasn't wanted. There was fighting. My dad was beating up my mother. You know, so you get this very dysfunctional thing, which is called parentification, where the kid thinks, uh-oh, these guys are out of control. Now I've got to take over, you know, and you're like two, three, four years old. I mean, it's crazy, but this is how it works. We all have this software. Um, so, so I saw a lot of crazy stuff. So that went on until I was 12. Then my parents divorced. They put us in a boarding school. That was like hell on earth for three years. Um, I was very suicidal as a kid, tried to end my life many, many times. Thank God failed miserably. <laughs> wow. and, um, it's It was very painful, but it's brought me to where I am now. So I'm very grateful for it. And it's really helped me, you know, work, work on the path of being a healer. Because, you know, if you're looking traditionally at the sh shaman, the shamans go through unbearable suffering. Uh, you know, uh, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. And I think the sa it was the same for me. And, and you know, on the spiritual path, they tend to say that, you know, there's this thought that you have to retreat, you know, traditionally or go and sit in a cave and meditate in a cave and, you know, all of that. But But I've discovered that the spiritual path is your life as it is. I'm sure you're familiar with this. It's, it's you know, waking up, going through your day, doing what you have to do, dealing with whatever you have to deal with and try mm -hmm. and live consciously and try and share that with people, you know, and bring some awareness to life if you want. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, we still live in this 3D world. So yeah, <laughs> we can always chill yeah. in 5D, but yeah, we still live here and we still have a human experience. So it can be hard sometimes. That is true. Mm -hmm. And and um, like I said, you know, all all suffering, if we can see it that way, brings us closer to our light. Mm -hmm. It always does. It's hard to see it when you're in it, sure, you know. And and if you look at our, our society, um, there's so much suffering. You know, it's, it's, it's wild. You know, there's so much pain and anguish. And we're in such, we're living in great times. That's another topic. Maybe we're living this fantastic time, you know, because there's so much light and love and awareness and, and great change coming our way, which is the age of Aquarius. And we're still stuck mm -hmm. in a lot of that Pisces stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. And do you also see like we're going to a better time? Oh, definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. We're going to a fantastic time. It's actually here. That's the beauty of it. Just this podcast is a great manifestation of that. So, so thank you for doing that. <laughs> and, um, you know, um, where to begin? Because we're, we're making a little jump now from the healing. Um, mm -hmm. You want to talk about that? You want to talk about the, the, the new time? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, Whatever cool. you like, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> so um, where to begin? Basically... Um, I noticed that in, in, in a lot of spiritual scenes, there's, there's a lot of, uh, strife as well between, you know, um, people saying, oh, but you know, you should only focus on the positive. You should only talk about what's good. And, you know, you shouldn't put your intention into stuff. And, and I feel that if you come from love, um, I feel that I have a great need to be real with each other, you know, and to share with each other what's going on because we're all creating from love and we're creating from fear. 
And the, the world as we see it um, is a lot of people who are running the show are creating from fear and from greed and from power and from wanting control and wanting profit. Um, but they're mirroring us, you know, so, so I try and look at my own life and, and, and look at, you know, what, what do I create in love and what do I create in fear? And, and to talk about that with people, it's, it's because it's an insane time. You know, we're at a point where even podcasts like this, you know, with the new Digital Services Act of, of last month in Europe are, are under fire, you know, because they're topics you can talk about, they're topics you can't talk about. Yeah. And um, they're very challenging times. I know Spain has a great new law, which um, they passed, which mean, which allows them to have cash in, in the society. Have you heard that? No, but yeah. yeah, it's good news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because there are a lot of people, you know, on the in the countryside who just don't have any digital access. Mm. So, so there are great things happening. So we're in we're in in my view we're in a in a in a metaphysical war, you know, with ourselves and and outwardly, you know, with the powers that be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel the same. Like this is a really interesting time. Like you said, age of Aquarius. But I also see a dividing. So I also see like people are still stuck in this 3D world and we're going more to 5D. Yeah. And I also feel like I cannot really connect with people sometimes, you know, and mm. I'm also losing friends, for example. And I think like this is so weird, you know, because, yeah, we've been friends and everything was fine. Mm. And then suddenly, like, yeah, it's not working anymore. You know, it's crazy. It is crazy, and I, mm -hmm. I share that experience with you, and I've, I've lost a lot of friends. I've made a lot of new ones, but I've lost a lot because there's um, it seems like there's so much polarizing going on, you know, and the, the, the seeming uh, duality of life is so, so intense because people really need to make choices, I feel. And it really seems to me that, you know, everybody operates from love, but it seems to me that there's this invitation to connect, you know, there's this saying that you have unity and diversity. So it's great that we're all diverse, you know, let's celebrate that. But let's find the unity in that, you know, because we're all one. Mm -hmm. And yet, like you say, there's so much uh, conflict going on in personal arenas uh, uh, on issues that really are much more complex and that are again about love and fear is what I feel. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very complicated. Yeah, yeah it's really complicated. <laughs> Yeah, how do you deal with it? Like, do you just go with the flow and just accept it? Or how do you deal with this? Acceptance is, is the only way to go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know, but um, everybody has to find out for themselves. It's just looking at a note I made. For themselves, wh where they stand and what, what they want to address, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and you can't change somebody's mind. I mean, that's completely impossible. Hmm. Um, and and it seems to me like there's a lot of brainwashing going on. You know, Matthias de Smet and a lot of other people have written great things about that. You know, there's a lot of hypnosis brainwashing going on. And if somebody is brainwashed or hypnotized or in a fear psychosis, you can't talk to them. You know, it's impossible. And I don't mean yeah. that as a judgment, but they're just, they're not there, you know? Yeah, that's really hard sometimes because, mm. yeah. It's it's still hard to lose people, you know, and it's especially, you know, you always think like, okay, a love heartbreak is really hard, but mm -hmm. I think maybe a friendship heartbreak is even harder sometimes, you know, but um, 
yeah, I still try to focus on the process and that the universe is always with me, you know? Um, Beautiful. Yeah. But it so, is. Yeah. It is. And, and the friendships is, is very, very hard. And um, my take on that, and it doesn't take away from the pain you, you talk about, mm -hmm. is that we're born alone. I know it's a cliche, but you're born alone. And when you leave this body and you leave this bittersweet planet, you're alone again, you know? Mm -hmm. And sure, you know, if, if, if you um, think about other dimensions, you know, there'll be people in other dimensions or being in other dimensions will be there who you'll meet, but it's, it's still you, you know, your friends are not with you, you know, they're, they're here. So my, my life lesson has been really about uh, letting go which which mm -hmm. ties into my numerology so that's that's kind of my path and ultimately the only true real friend you have is your higher self mm -hmm. or or god or you know jesus or whatever buddha whatever you want to call it your buddha nature you know that's the only true real friend mm -hmm. he she is yeah. always there day night 24 7. You know? yeah but i think for a lot of people it's still really hard to recognize his voice and because sometimes it can also be your ego. Um, so how do you recognize uh, if it's your higher self or your ego? A great question again. That <laughs> is, that is a, a path you got to walk. Mm -hmm. And, and um, that's, that's the work. That's mm -hmm. the work. And uh, if you do it, you know, and, and I'm sure you do, because if not, you wouldn't ask this question. Um, you know, right? There's this knowing. Yeah. And it's it's like the hero's journey, you know, in all the books and all the movies. It's it's uh, it's a challenging journey. There are a lot of dragons and swamps and and monsters and very evil people, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. And there are people who are there to help you, and they're beautiful angels and you know wise people. And yeah, it's mm -hmm. a trip for sure. Yeah, how I recognize it is actually the little more little voice, and. It gives me a little bit of feeling like, okay, this is a little bit scary, but I want it. Yeah. You know, this kind of feeling, it is, it is for me, you know, when I listen to my intuition. Mm. Um, so it's like excitement. Yeah. Mm. Totally perfect. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And, and it has to do with identifying as well. So there's that. And there's the identification because... You know, if you ask somebody, who are you? You know, we come up with this whole story of all these experiences this body has had, um, the names I've been giving, you know, all the past lives I've had, all the influences from parents and other generations I'm working at. But who are you? You know, mm -hmm. and, and um, the matrix is a beautiful thing on that where, you know, society is always trying to put you back into, oh, you are, in my case, Eric Robertson. I'm like, no, that's my name. Um, you know, in the Matrix, Agent Smith is always trying to catch uh, Neo, and he keeps calling him Mr. Anderson. And he says the name is Neo, you know, oh. so, it's, you know, because because that's yeah. his essence, you know, that's the newness, that's his soul, that's his spirit. And like you say, it's a really quiet voice. Mm -hmm. It's very subtle. And it's, um, you know, there's a saying that to develop your intuition is like trying to go through the eye of a needle on a camel. Mm. it's that it's that tricky it's that hard yeah sometimes it's hard to recognize that but uh, i think yeah you also have to do the work do the do the shadow work um 
and everything. And that can be really hard. And um, yeah, you all also been to like a lot of depressing moments in your life. Mm. And I think that also helped you to um, yeah develop and um, to recognize this voice. Definitely, mm. definitely. And and for how should I say it? If if I'm not, I wasn't raised religiously. Thank God. So I have no conditioning, you know, I'm sorry I didn't have it, but I have no, I'm totally, you know, and then I, I kind of developed a spiritual path and got into mysticism and shamanism and, and you know, nature and, and um, uh, Hinduism, Buddhism and, and all these, you know, Sufi uh, movements. Um, and they're all really beautiful. And they always talk about, you know, the lover, you know, the beloved, the divine. And that definitely can also be a help, you know, to people to uh, tune into that intuition, because that that is a manifestation of the beloved, the inner beloved. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I also feel like the divine is actually God. So yes. actually God is inside of us, yes. but we just forgot. I'm so glad you, you said that because my, my good friend and teacher, Baba, always says that. He says, look, I'm God. I remember you're God. You forgot, you know, you, <laughs> you forgot, <laughs> you forgot your God. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, that's the paradox and the, you know, that's the biggest taboo in, in the West to say that, you know, to actually proclaim that I am divine or, you know, I'm God or goddess or whatever. That's, that's the biggest taboo. You know, you do that. They, they, they put you back up on the cross and, um, a lot of young people are suffering so much, you know, because they, they feel it, they know it. And school teaches them to stop feeling, right? I mean, what happens when you go to school and you're in the classroom, you want to pee? Um, you, you should go and pee, right? Because you, you feel you have to go and pee. But instead, you have to raise your hand. And then if you're lucky, the teacher will ask you why you're raising your hand. And then you have to get permission to go to the toilet. So there's this constant conditioning of not listening to your feeling and not being true to yourself and not being true to your inner authority, right? And your inner wisdom and your inner truth. Mm -hmm. And so many young people and children are fully aware of who they are, you know, in that divine sense, and that they're one with, with God. Um, and so many of these end up in psychiatric institutions and in depression and uh, in criminal, you know, situations and doing drugs and, you know, popping all kinds of pills not to feel their, their agony. So it's a real, it's a real issue in society, you know, and if you take that one step further, if you look at Holland, for instance, and once again, I'm super positive, but I, I like to be realistic. So if you look at Holland, we have like 17 million people. Yeah. And we have, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but we have probably have like maybe one or 2 million people addicted to alcohol. You know, then we've got a few hundred thousand popping ecstasy every weekend or Molly or whatever. Um, then we've probably got, give or take half or one million who are on painkillers. Um, mm -hmm. Then we have a few hundred thousand, maybe a million who are on Prozac and other opioids. Um, and then we have maybe half a million to one million who cannot work, you know, who are disabled because they're suffering on some level. So, so you know, and, and if you add this up, it's like, wow, you know, you're talking about millions of people on 17 million people. Um, so there's a real issue, you know, as a world, we need to talk about getting real, you know, we need to start getting real with each other and getting real, like you say, is also this, you know, acknowledging all the spiritual and, and, and divine truths that are there. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's why the mission of this podcast is also being unapologetically you and just being really authentic because we really forget how to be authentic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. That's but yeah. that's it. That's that's mm. all there is to it. That's so beautiful. Mm. Thank you for that. Yeah, you're so lucky. Course. You're you're a great <laughs> uh, great mission. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, for me, it's, it's always been a journey for me to be myself because I'm also a really sensitive person. So sometimes it's really hard for me to, uh, also at school and everything was really overwhelming for me. And I always thought that I was crazy, but now actually I see it as a power, you know, I have a lot of empathy and yeah, I just, I'm just myself. And if I feel like I'm not going to a party or something, I just don't go, you know? But before I was like, oh my God, I need to go because I want to be normal. And um, yeah, I now totally accept who I am. And um, and I also created a life around it. So I also work at home. Um, so everything is designed for me now. So that's really good. <laughs> well done. That's so yeah. great. Really beautiful mm-hmm. way you describe it. And um, really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you also work with people, right, who are high sensitive. Yeah, I work with a lot of people who are high sensitive. And uh, it's just so great because, like you say, um, it's very hard to be as sensitive as you are in a world which basically is not very accommodating, to put it mildly. Um, You know, so even our language is all these, you know, sayings like, oh, keep your chin up, you know, don't be so touchy. Um, in Dutch, they say, "Do niet zo gevoelig, overgevoelig," and I always say that's not true because mm-hmm. I'm not overly sensitive. I am differently sensitive, anders gevoelig, and that's mm-hmm. a, that's a gift. There's, there's no, there's nothing wrong with that. It's really beautiful, and and I think you know if you look at the Mayan prophecies of the New Age that started in 2012. They say that basically the lessons we have to learn is to live in harmony with this planet and to live in harmony with the animal kingdom with each other. Those are the only lessons we've got going. You know, that's it. So that's why I'm so optimistic because we're living in a beautiful time where we're able to realize that. And like you say, you know, you beautifully created your life around you. And and the challenge now is to create that collectively um, because there is an agenda um, by very powerful, rich, greedy people who want the exact opposite. You know, and they want us, they're very open about that. They want us to merge with AI. You know, they want us to become perfected humans and and more like cyborgs. And, and that is the complete opposite of being sensitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not being real, actually. And being unreal. Mm-hmm. And being made up of of other artificial parts that are actually augmenting who you are. Whereas, and that's why also, you know, I I also feel that, you know, I don't have judgment on people. I forgot to mention all the people doing ayahuasca and 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 you know all other mind expanding drugs, which can be very helpful. And you know, all due respect if that helps you. But what I also see is that for many people, that again too becomes an escape. You know, so you either escape to the the ashram somewhere in the forest, or you you know you escape into ayahuasca, and um, you, you the only path like you described is you got to go you got to go inside you got to do it yourself, you know you got to really dig deep and there's this great '60s saying you know like the goal is to be high not to get high, and and we 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 can easily forget that so once again there's no judgment. 
but there's a great temptation to to start using all those crutches you know or to use get into yoga which can also which is great i've done it a long time but which can also make you really high and make you get out of body experience especially if you do kundalini yoga excuse me you've got to be really careful you know you're like dealing with very very powerful energies inside of you mm-hmm. so um and and anything you can get with ayahuasca or with lsd uh you can get through meditation yeah you just have to train it exactly yeah, yeah. and you have to train your sensitivity and um the thing with with uh things like ayahuasca or cocoa or whatever is that it gives you what they call cities in hinduism it gives you powers uh it gives you clarity and the thing is uh there's a great shaman called carlos castaneda and he actually or don juan carlos castaneda wrote the books and he says there are four enemies what he calls enemies on the spiritual path and he says number one is fear you've got to deal with fear and he says number two is clarity and the third enemy is power and the fourth is old age and you everybody has to deal with those four and clarity is a big one and power is a big one and fear is a big one and that's why it's talking in the beginning about i always need to check for myself am i creating out of fear or am i creating out of love and they you know it they can masquerade you know there's so that's a very that's really the dialogue i want to have with people you know and that's what i want to do with people and talk about this and develop the consciousness and awareness and you have to take into consideration i feel what's going on in the world you cannot look at what's happening for me you know um i respect if it's different for other people but you 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 know we've got to talk about the elephant in the room and there's a huge elephant in the room you know yeah and and i have two beautiful nephews you know and and um for all my friends children you know as well um i'm very very concerned about the world they're they're inheriting and they're living in and i really feel i have an obligation and we have a collective obligation to to talk about that to get a dialogue going and i feel that that you know like you said that dialogue is missing you know it's there but it's you know it's it's here in beautiful places like this but i feel we need to carry that on throughout the whole world throughout the whole 3d world you know and to bring awareness uh, into the into the game yeah i think it also starts with education because Education teaches us, uh, for example, in Holland, do me normal, do you gek genoeg? It means like just act normal, then you're crazy enough. <laughs> That's already a weird saying, you know. And as you ask, what you're overgestagen, means like if you ask, you're gonna be passed. I think, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So it's such a weird language that we have. So we are really programmed to not be authentic. But do you think it's possible to change the education? Well, it, I mean, this is such a joy, a joy, because what a great question again. And I'm not just saying this. <laughs> I've worked, you know, in the field of education for 25 years. And mm-hmm. first of all, when you say that about the Dutch language, I totally agree because mm-hmm. we have the weirdest words. Like we will say in, 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 in English, you'll say, oh, that was really beautiful. And in Dutch, we'll say, dat was heel erg mooi. And erg mm-hmm. is a negative word, you know? So, mm-hmm. or we will say, oh, does heel zielig, which means that we feel really sorry for someone, but the word zeal is the word soul. 
So, mm. you know, we, we have a really, really strange language. And mm. to get to the educational system, um, I was working with uh, all the spiritual organizations in Holland, and we were working with the University of Utrecht. And we had an organization called Onderwijs Samenleven Nederland. So we really wanted to change the whole educational system in Holland because that's where it begins, right? That's where the conditioning and the hypnosis and the inspiration begins. And we had a package that we had all agreed on. We were ready to implement with the Ministry of Education. But then at the last moment, ego showed up again and all the organizations said, oh, but we want our package to be the leading name because our method is the best, you know. So it just, it crashed. Um, and I, I'm chair, you know, I work with, with new schools and new education systems. Um, and, and I worked with a school for a long time where we ask the students what they want. So they have to do English, math and, um, uh, Dutch, which is compulsory. And for the rest, we just say, look, what do you want to do? What are you good at? And then we're going to develop that. So that's really great. Um, but these are all very small, small, you know, steps being done. And right now, as you probably know, the whole educational system, all the books, uh, at least in Holland and most of Europe, are being paid for by organizations that have dubious ties to mm -hmm. people who have another agenda in terms of, you know, the whole woke agenda or the climate and sexuality and all of that. So to answer your question, um, I don't know. You know, all these small inter you know initiatives are great. But the mainstream education system is suffering from uh, a lack of good good information. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So actually, we have to create our own education. Yes, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah, and we are, and we will. Um, basically, we're in a beautiful time where the reason all these hardships and evil are so manifest in society in terms of all the inhuman things that are going on legally and and politically um and and also on a on a human scale you know we ha we have one to two million people in holland who every evening have to decide whether they want to be warm or whether they have food you know because they're that poor um so i find that very criminal i find that very offensive very unnecessary but the reason all of this this stress and strife and war and you know, Israel and Palestine is a mirror of us, you know, that it's, it's, you know, if you can see it that way, you know, that's what it is. And then, of course, there are agendas, you know, behind it for control and power and profit. But the reason that, that the battle is so fierce is because it's an old system that's dying. And, you know, like in personal healing as well, because we talked about that earlier, right before you heal, your your fight is the the hardest you know people's resistance goes to maximum levels you know and that's where where the you know the work comes in so in the world there's this beautiful new world that's being born and it's all going to be fantastic and we're, we're moving towards a time of love light and truth and power and beauty and democracy and human values and and harmony with nature but there's a few years before that in which we are now, which are, are extremely dark and troubling. And I'm very optimistic. I know it's going to work out, but mm -hmm. we need to acknowledge that that is there as well. We need to mm -hmm. shed our light on it is really the way I feel. You know, it's like if you go into a room and it's dark, you don't fight the darkness, you turn on the light. 
So for me talking about this, and, and thank you for being allowed to talk about it, um, many people don't want to because they feel it's negative. And, and this is life. You know, life is duality as well. There is negative and positive and, you know, there's day and night and there's male and female and that's the beauty of our planet. And I also feel like a lot of people are suffering now from burnouts. Um, I see that a lot around me. I don't know why, but I think it also has to do with the consciousness. People are getting more conscious and they think, oh my God, I cannot be in the system anymore. Yep. Um, so how, what are your thoughts about that? That's very true. I started my company called Corporate Health in 2000 to, to address stress and burnout, you know, and, and I've done a lot of trainings uh, with that to help people mm -hmm. with that. And it's another symptom of, of what you said, you know, where, where the inhumanness of the system or the refusal to allow people to be unique in themselves is just too much. And their, their kids at school are burned out, you know, and, and a lot of students at university are burned out. And um, depending on what data you use, you could say that that worldwide, anything between a fifth to a quarter to a third of the population is either burned out or extremely stressed. You know, so that's this old system, you know, it's, it's, um, it's just falling apart, you know, and, and um, it's very painful for all the people who are there. But it's very hope giving in the sense that if more and more people use this suffering to wake up, the sooner we can get a new, better world, you know, it's going to be a lot more fun. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I feel like, Yeah, also, like you said, you first you have to go through a lot and then you heal. So maybe also for the people who have a burnout right now, they they really have to feel and really have to go through it to eventually heal. Yes, mm -hmm. true. And, and you know, get good help and, and um, you know, because there's a lot of things you can do to, to make it more bearable and, and yeah. It's kind mm. of like when you take your car to the garage, you know, if you don't do regular maintenance and then you go, there's a big bill because there's a lot of stuff going on with your car. And it's the same with this, you know, if you take good care of this beautiful, you know, factory we're in, then then the maintenance is less and, you know, you, you have a longer, smoother journey. Mm -hmm. And we're yeah. not really educated to do that either. It's changing, thank God, you know, it's more awareness mm -hmm. on that, but it's... Um, There's still a system, a financial system that rewards getting sick, you know. So, so when that changes and you reward people for being healthy, then you have a whole new paradigm. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. But it's also weird. You're only going to the doctor when it's already too late. I know. And right? actually, yeah, actually, you have to go to the doctor, for example, every month to do a checkup or something. But nobody does that. It's it's really good to do that, and and I do. I have been taking care of myself on on those levels as well the last 20 years. Hmm which has been really good. And um, yeah, it's just makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, you work in, in a lot of fields, um, but uh, what kind of clients do you have now? What is your main focus? So there, there are a few different things I do. I do the, the mm -hmm. highly sensitive people. I coach uh, those one-on-one. -on -one. I usually do a, a walking coaching, you know, and then if they're really mm -hmm. sensitive issues, then we go inside and we sit down, of course, in a practice. And um, in addition to that, I do trainings for companies and usually where people are fighting or, uh, you know, not getting along. Mm. And then because I'm trained that way, I work in the social healthcare field. So I work with people who are mentally, physically handicapped and also the youth uh, healthcare services, social services. Um, and I think I do that because, um, or I feel I do that because 
there is so much suffering there um, due to uh, funding being constantly diminished, you know, so our governments talk about really funding all these organizations, but at the other end, they keep, you know, distract, detracting from it and funding it less and less and less. Um, and these people who work with these people who are mentally and physically impaired, they're just my heroes. So I support them. So I support these teams working with these clients. And, um, you know, they get paid very badly and uh, they have very hard work, you know, and um, a lot of these 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 clients, these people um, are, are very unruly, to put it mildly, you know, so they 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 they're very aggressive. And then emotionally, they're like two or three years old. So when they're angry, you know, they just tear down the whole room or the whole building or whoever's next to them. Um, so it's very hard work. So, um, yeah, I, I spend, uh, I usually do assignments a few days a week, you know, supporting these teams and helping them and keeping them strong and, you know, talking to clients and helping the families and supporting them. So, uh, yeah, I'm grateful to be able to do that. Yeah, I think it's a beautiful job, but can also maybe affect your energy sometimes. You oh, also feel sure. drained, yeah? Definitely. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. man. But that's the same with, with, you know, with, with people when they're suffering. You know, it's, it's you, you, you have, at least I feel that my way of working is connecting with people and not commiserating with them, but connecting with them because that's the only way they can heal. You know, you mm -hmm. can't just sit there and like, oh, yeah, uh-huh, sure, yeah, right. You know? Yeah, good story. <laughs> yeah, you've got to connect, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I keep so, hoping. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I, my, I always want to, I always want to go to Hawaii. You know, just live there and swim with dolphins. But I do feel that um, for now, I like to go there when I can. But for now, this, this is what I'm doing here. And then, like I shared with you earlier, you know, next year I'll be going to uh, Southern Europe and uh, picking it up from there. And I do feel I'm going to move more and more towards just sharing with people. You know, awareness, consciousness, meditation. Uh, I, I like to do ice baths with people for those who want to do it because it can really push your boundaries and uh, heal you and makes makes you feel really good, makes you very strong mentally. Yeah, but you can also do it online, right? Or you don't sure. really feel the connection. Uh, yeah, so, some people don't like that. But if you like to travel the world, you can always do coaching online. For sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, definitely do that as well. And um, I like the ice baths because it's... Um, I I have one here, it's five meters by two meters, and then, you know, it's freezing in Holland now, so you just have the natural perfect setting for it. Yeah. And the coaching yeah. online is great. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Perfect. And you give amazing advice, but um, what is the best advice you ever got? <laughs> oh, that's very kind of you. Um, you know, there's a saying that the worst, worst vice is advice. It's a little funny American word game. Um, <laughs> I, what I, you know, it's really about just talking with people. You know, I do couples counseling as well, and I do singles coaching. And it's really about just connecting and discussing all the ins and outs, you know, and shedding light on stuff. And everybody knows, you know, we all know deep inside, you know. I, and, and it's really just mirroring that back to people. Hmm. And the best advice I ever got. Wow. Um, yeah, to live in love. Not, you know, not to give in to fear. You got advice from yourself, actually. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Definitely. 
Yeah. Well, I, I ask this question always, or no, almost always in a, in a podcast. And a lot of people say, yeah, but I'm my own teacher, you know, and that's actually true. But it's still, yeah, a lot of people say the same. It's really funny. <laughs> that's a really interesting one because, yeah. um, yes, of course, you're your own teacher. And yes, the, you know, guru is just a word for dispeller of darkness. So the guru or the teacher and God and yourself are one, definitely. Mm -hmm. But I think that um, if you look at a lot of great, very evolved people in life, it can benefit you to have the humility to actually acknowledge that, um, you know, on some level you, you, you can be quite foolish and, and, you know, egotistical. And like you say, you know, ego can masquerade in a lot of different ways, you know? Um, so, so there's something to be said to have the humility and to acknowledge that, that you, 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 it can be helpful to at least have some teacher outside of you. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. like you say, ultimately, that is only a mirror of the teacher inside of you. Sure. Yeah. I also feel like the best teachers or coaches, they ask really good questions. So, exactly. yeah. That's yeah. the thing, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. It's not about, you know, it's just about asking questions and mirroring what you feel. And people are like, oh, yeah, yeah. They <laughs> <laughs> have all the answers, you know, it's all right there. Yeah. So I would like to wrap it up for now. Cool. Uh, thank you so much for this conversation. Um, if anybody is interested in working with Eric, I will put all the links down below. Um, but uh, before we leave, uh, do you have some nice words to say to the audience? Ah, uh, hey, how long do I have? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, whatever you like. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess my words are that, and they're just words, but that you're not alone and that you got this and believe in yourself love yourself and just keep it up and it'll change you know if you're going through hell keep going because you're going to get into the light and it's all going to work out and um yeah reach out you know you can definitely always call me or text me for a, a free consultation and or book a consultation and uh, we'll take it from there i'd be happy to <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Eric, for your time. You're welcome. Thank you. That's great. Yeah, and I will see anybody in the, the next episode. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Unapologetically Joy. Don't forget to subscribe on my YouTube channel. And I will really appreciate it if you leave a nice comment. And if you are listening on Spotify, don't forget to press the follow button and leave five stars because it really helps me. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next episode.